Coming up in this podcast, stock market hits highs, renewables privatisation, Perth Stadium, Historic Heart, the Perth Festival and junior miners. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Pownall and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Welcome to our weekly podcast. Mark, a big week for the ASX, uh, hitting some peaks it hasn't seen for a while. Yeah, no, nice to see the ASX 200 above 6,000 points. First time it's been around that level since the GFC, so nearly 10 years. Yeah, 2008. Wow. Yep. Wow. So it's been a, a pretty lacklustre period since then. Some of the international markets have performed much better, but uh, encouraging to see. And within that, uh, one thing that we track here at Business News is our BN30 index, which we created at the beginning of last year. So it's a bit like our very own Dow Jones index. So it's 30 Western Australian companies that are representative of business here. That hit uh, 138.3 during the week. So go. that's at an, well only been going for two years, but an all-time high. And so up about 40% in less than two years. Sounds very nice. Mm. Yep. We should have put uh, some money when we uh, on it when we, uh, we set that index up. If only. <laughs> Which is interesting. I mean, it fell away as soon as we started it in January did. last year, but it's been up uh, pretty solidly ever since. So iron ore stocks like Fortescue Metals Group, um, oil and gas stocks like Woodside Petroleum, you know, they've been big factors nationally and also very big in driving the BN30. Um, some of the other companies that have performed well in the last little while, uh, Western Areas, uh, Independence Group and uh, Mineral Resources, mm. uh, which leads me on to one more thing that people can find on the Business News website. Uh, there's a tab across the top of the page for shareholdings. So we've introduced a new service where you can jump on and you can see the value of shares held by company directors in Western Australia, and it'll show you the changes over the past four weeks. So it's just part of the uh, huge amount of data and information that's available there. So looking recently, um, Alan Buckler from Altura Mining, that's one of these uh, lithium stocks that's doing very well value of his shareholding is up about $30 million over the past four weeks. Nice. Uh, Peter Cook, he's been around the market many years um, with Metals X and West Gold. Value of his shares up $28 million. Uh, Chris Ellison from Mineral Resources, he's added to his uh, very tidy fortune. Uh, one going the other way, Kerry Stokes. Uh, with Seven West Media particularly. Yeah, they had some bad he's, announcements in that period, didn't they? Yep, he's dipped down a bit. Um, and a small one that's been on a run, a David Budge from Aurora Labs. They're a 3D printing company. They announced a deal with Worley Parsons. Uh, now, that stock's uh, been pretty volatile, but the value of his shareholding, up $17 million. Mm. So fascinating, I think, yeah. to see those numbers. And they're all there under the shareholding tab on our own website. Yeah, there's a few thousand people to go and look at. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, go and have a play. Now, Mark, uh, Synergy looks like it's, uh, let me understand this right, it's going to be able to sell off its renewables, its existing renewables assets, to generate funds to expand its presence in that field. Is that right? That's one way of putting it, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. Look, this is a, a really complex policy area. 
So Synergy, like all uh, big um, energy utilities around the country, has to meet targets set by the Commonwealth Government uh, because of its renewable energy target. And as part of that, Synergy needs to either build its own or buy uh, renewable um, energy credits from another generator. They've been keen to go ahead with their own projects. Uh, they've got a big wind farm development called Waradage up at Eniaba, and they reckon that's the best wind farm prospect in the state. Uh, but um, they don't have the money in the bank to go and pay for something like this. Um, they've also got a solar farm at Greenough River near Geraldton, which they're keen to expand. Collectively, something like $500 million needs to be spent on these. Mm. They've just got the sign-off from the state government where a big Dutch infrastructure fund is due to come in and buy, we think, about 80%. So they're going to buy the existing wind farm down at Albany and the existing Greenwich River, but more fundamentally, bankroll the development of these big new renewable energy projects. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's a really major shift in the market. Um, fascinating politics, you know. This was a government that campaigned heavily against privatising Western power and now effectively privatising uh, a big part of Synergy's generation business. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is interesting, isn't it? I guess they didn't promise they wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, um, it's interesting, too, looking back at the history. You know, Labor governments have actually privatised a lot of things, not in WA, but elsewhere. Yeah. And it's because, you know, when they put on their, their common sense hat, they see the financial benefits of it, they realise the sky won't fall in, mm. and their political opponents are, of course, supportive. Absolutely. And yet when it's the Conservatives that advocate privatisation, mm. we get the these falls in. scare campaigns yeah. as Labor prosecuted very effectively in the last state election. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now Ben Wyatt and Mark McGowan live, need to live with the financial consequences of that. They seem to have got this one through, a few grizzles from the unions. And I must say, uh, some concern, because there's a lot of private groups out there that have been working away trying to get up their own renewable energy projects in WA. So it's going to be a lot tougher for them. So lots of uh, layers to this one. Uh, but the bottom line, we're going to see some big investment in renewable energy projects in WA. Mm, well, we'll wait and see for all that. Now, uh, Perth Stadium is going to take on the Optus name, a bit controversial. Once again, um, the McGowan government dealing with the financial consequences that they've inherited and taking a view that there's some money to be made. The, the, the talk around the place is worth about $50 million. Um, now, the concern around this is that it might actually have a, a cost because if we had Perth in the name of the stadium, you know, that's part of the branding of our city and it ties in with you know, tourism promotions and so on. So if there's a big event coming up at Perth Stadium, you know, that, that's good value for the city. We won't get that, or at least not to the same degree. It'll all be at Optus Stadium. Yeah, I wonder, isn't it? I mean, I guess you listen to the radio. Uh, if, if I'm watching the... If I'm listening to the radio and I say the football's on or so they'll say, you know, domains. Same with the television. I'm just wondering what it really matters in terms of... Um, that kind of global reach. I'm, I'm curious about it, uh, you know. And I'm also thinking, I guess, when you see events on television, you see Perth or Melbourne or whatever, usually on the on the surface. 
And so maybe the visual element is more important. Um, then again, Optus wouldn't spend whatever money they're forecast to spend. You're saying maybe $50 million, which would be interesting. They wouldn't be spending that unless they thought there was an enormous amount of value out of it. Mm. Well, $50 million worth, obviously. So mm, I wonder about that one. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, I just don't like these sort of commercial names because it's all a bit, you know, they, 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 they change. And Perth Arena will be following as well. The government's currently or still in negotiations to try to get a naming rights sponsor for Perth Arena. Gotcha. So that's uh, one that we've got used to the new name. Yeah. So yeah, more changes happening there. Yeah. Well, I do think it's more. That's more about the local market when you have the naming rights. But anyway, we'll see. Um, and Mark, our cover story this week in the actual paper was uh, historic. The historic heart project being pushed along by Adrian Finney. What's that all about? Yeah, look, Tory Wilson's pulled together a really interesting article there. So this is the plan about trying to revitalise the eastern end of the CBD, so that area east of Barrick Street. And now Adrian Finney is one of the people who's behind this. Now, he it dovetails neatly. He's the developer behind the State Buildings Project. Um, so it's got you know, Barrick Street on one side, but it's got sort of a fairly sort of downbeat part of the city on the other side of it there. And it stretches through down towards uh, St Mary's Cathedral around Victoria Avenue. That's also where the new Western Hotel is being built. And I suspect a lot of people have probably never been down or might not even be aware that there's a major five-star hotel Mm. due to open down that end of the city. Mm. Uh, BGC is uh, the developer of that uh, project. And they've also been putting a lot of money into this historic heart project. Um, Now, they've got in Sandy Angie as the person to coordinate all this. So it's really about bringing... um, They're actually putting art installations in the streets. So everything from planter boxes and murals and other things. Um, They're trying to enliven the area, get a lot more pedestrians down there, get some more cafes opening up. Uh, there are lots of um, sort of three to four star tourist hotels down that end of the city, um, but also lots of uh, fairly downbeat buildings. <laughs> Can it be a bit of a grubby end? <laughs> yes. well, I guess the idea is you pretty the place up, you get a bit of culture going, and then and you've got you've got some reasonably historic buildings in the in the in the area as well. So hopefully they get a bit of investment in them, and and you see a bit of uh, yeah, like what happened to Frio, I guess, with the America's Cup. Um, and I guess I suspect there's also something about the fact that you're right. It's it's that east of the state buildings, but there's also that linkage through to the new stadium, and there'll be people walking through there and coming through there. And perhaps if they leave the new stadium and wander across that bridge when it's finished, and into the eastern end of Perth, they don't really want to hit grubby, downbeat. They want to see. They want to have reasons to go. So uh, you know, it's it's got a lovely strategy about it. Let's hope they get it going. Yeah, and I, and I think, and this is one of the points that Adrian Finney always emphasises. It's an example of where the interests of the property owners and the property developers uh, coincide with civic development. That if you know if if the area is enlivened, that suits everyone. Yeah, gotcha. Now speaking about enlivening things, uh, the Perth Festival had its sort of newly renamed. Is that right? Renamed Perth Festival had its program launch earlier this week. Uh, it's a very challenging sector. What's it like for them? Yeah, so there's a new executive director there, Nathan Bennett. And, yeah, look, one of the things they've talked about, what was the Perth International Arts Festival, 
is becoming the Perth Festival. Well, and, and let's go back. It's about, I don't know, 12 years ago, whatever it was, it was when they the, changed it from the Perth Festival to put in the international arts bit. Festival of Perth. Correct. Am I okay, right? Okay, you're right. You're right. Yes. It was the Festival of Perth. Now right. Perth Festival. All oh, right. Now, this is in a climate where things are getting tougher for most arts festivals. Um, you know, the amount of money around is a bit tougher. Uh, Lottery West has always been a significant funder of this festival, um, but their business, as we've discussed previously, is getting tougher. So Lottery West is, you know, for the first time in donkey's years, their revenue and profit fell away last year. So that flows through. So Perth Festival, for the first time, has got a concerted effort to go and seek private philanthropic support. Um, Nathan has also talked about the way that, that arts festivals have changed. He said that you know, the old traditional approach, you'd put on a, a famous act, people would go along and passively consume it. He said it's now much more of a, a customised experience, people want to participate, um, it's more of a personalised thing. And he said they need to move with the times. Um, the other point, um, not mentioned by them, but I think it's hard to avoid, Fringe Festival mm. has been a spectacular success. Uh, it's much more um, approachable. Um, it's, it's a fun experience. And so I think the people behind Perth Festival... Oh, and it's price-based as well, right? Yes, yes. Right. You know. um, so, you know, lots of changes going on there. Um, they've also talked about where that brand sits. They said that in the past they've put a lot of focus on promoting particular events and the fact that it's part of the festival might get a bit lost in the mix, whereas now they're going to be shifting, tilting their focus and saying, well, we want to build up brand value in Perth Festival rather than the performers that come and go year to year. Mm. So lots of changes happening there, and, and the name is just sort of, I guess, indicative of, of what's happening. Well, I hope they get it right, because am I right? They are, it is the oldest arts festival in Australia, right? That's right. Yeah, so we've got to make sure it... Keeps, it, keeps on keeping on. Now, uh, this week's special report is on junior minors. What is Matt McKenzie writing about? Look, we brought a group of uh, people from the junior mining sector um, into our boardroom recently, had a very uh, informative discussion with them. Um, generally positive. It was nice to hear. Uh, there is good opportunities at the moment to raise money. Um, now, the, the investor interest can wax and wane. Um, but the, the mood around the table was that now is a good time. And it's spread across a wide range of commodities. Um, you know, gold and lithium, we've talked a lot about them, uh, but graphite and other specialist minerals. Um, so you know, a lot of people are uh, now able to get out there and raise money much more easily than they've been doing for a long time. And that's reflected in activity on the ground. So more demand for drilling rigs, more demand for geologists, um, you know, it's not quite got to a point where, or well, certainly not to a point of skill shortages, um, but you know, markets are getting a bit tighter. Um, so, you know, a good encouraging um, feedback from that sector, and um, augurs well for uh, for business in Western Australia. Absolutely, and uh, I guess uh, it'll be Uber will have to watch out if all those geologists are getting getting their jobs back. Hey. Uh, now, nominations for our forty under forty awards are still open. Uh, this is a great opportunity to highlight the work of a young business or community leader and give a boost to their entrepreneurial aspirations. 
If you have someone in mind, go to the 40under40.com.au website or give Business News a call and ask to speak to our events team. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Pownell and Mark Beyer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.